Finally, camera action. There we go. <laughs> it's still snowing outside. <laughs> Is this the Beijing blizzard? Getting a bit cold to be uh, reviewing characters outside. Powell Pop, WTF. What is the Fed? What are interest rates? What is inflation? Some books to read. Sync. I did unplug it, thankfully. And I did not feel like making dinner. I'll give you a salad recipe that I did instead. Midday workout with all the mace swings. A go-go. Folks, it is Thursday, uh, December 14th, 2023. I'm Stephen Sersky, uh, Canadian expat living here in Beijing, China, in a city that uh, is renowned for its winter dryness and its wind, and uh, that's changed. <laughs> so it's been snowing for the last couple days. It snowed on Monday, I think it was, and then uh, yesterday and today, it's been consistently snowing. So this is what actually makes it so bizarre that uh, uh, it, it this hasn't happened since... Day, years ago like this is the first time in 10 years that I've seen snow like this uh, and I was uh, wondering about people who've lived here for longer than 10 years if uh, this is this the, when the when was the last time they saw this happen basically it's yeah so bizarre um, not unwelcome it does change up the uh, the scenery a little bit as I mentioned yesterday uh, it gives um, the light is allowed able to reflect off the ground a little bit more so things seem a little bit brighter not as gray and dull as they would if it was just the uh, the typical sort of dry cement now the one issue with this um several issues but uh, one problem that i've had at, with living in beijing at times like this when inclement weather so not just snow we're talking like rain as well they use this very uh, slippery sort of limestone uh, to pave their walkways, and I'm sure it's because it's cost-effective. The problem is, is that none of the walkways are meant like, to be walked on. <laughs> it's so bizarre, um, and by that I mean, uh, like some of the okay, some of the sidewalks are done with um, brick. Okay, uh, th that's all fine and good. That one you can get your grip on, but in all of the malls, uh, in all the office buildings, and then some places, some walkways have this very slick, uh, I guess it's limestone-like brick that they use, or rock, and it's polished, it's buffed to a shine, and it makes for treacherous walking. And pair that with the fact that most of the shoes that you, you uh, buy here, or gear that you buy here in, in Beijing, I mean, it's not trail shoes it's sidewalk city walking shoes but not made for the type of limestone the buffed polished limestone that they're using so uh, i'm not sure if it's actually limestone to tell you the truth so i don't know but it's some sort of some sort of rock that they buff to a uh, um, a shine and it's just it's treacherous to walk on uh yesterday when i was going for my run that was actually one of the big concerns is that uh taking the corners and you have to cross some of these patches of uh slippery bricks and it's, I mean, yeah, I guess you could slip anywhere. You could slip on ice anywhere, yes. But this, the, these rocks, just this, these sidewalks make it extra uh, interesting, extra risky to be walking outside uh, in the snow. Not to mention this city, this country, full of people who've only really kind of learned to drive in the last, I don't know, 10 years. And how many of them have driven in snow before? And I include 
the taxi drivers. How many of them have come from places that they had to navigate snowy, icy roads? It's at times like this that working from home is awesome. Uh, all that being said, getting a bit cold to uh, study the characters outside, so I might have to rejig. No, no, I don't have to rejig. I just have to man up. I have to dress up a little bit, bit more, get my hands ready for uh, the winter um, onslaught of character review for uh, my Chinese characters, so my, my Chinese language skills studies. Sorry. Powell Pop. So <laughs> everything popped yesterday. As I was sort of saying, I was watching a couple of these stocks, the Canadian energy stocks, and everything basically jumped. Um, <laughs> a buddy of mine messages me. He's like, WTF? What, what's going What happened? Um, I gave him all the reasons. I'm like, one, tax loss selling. So things are oversold. Number two, oversold. So all these Canadian energy, uh, energy stocks, gold stocks, a lot of them have been oversold. Gold stocks, not so much oversold, but a lot of energy stocks were oversold and they just typically start bouncing. Number three, Jerome Powell, the uh, Fed chair in the United States, said that they would start cutting interest rates in March. Also, that made uh, markets go boom, you know, kapoof, there we go. So he actually, uh, he asked me, like, uh, what does, like, do I have to take a course on economics to uh, learn this stuff? I'm like, you do not need a course on economics. The economics not will not teach you anything about the markets. Economics professors will tell you it does, but that will not teach you how the markets actually work. So what is the Fed? The Fed, I'll, I'll simplify these terms for you guys. Very simple, uh, that very accessible, so you guys can have a basic understanding, and then you can look it up. Uh, the rest of it, if you want, uh, on your own time. What is the Fed? Well, the Fed is technically a private bank, a uh, central bank. Uh, most simply, it's the United States Central Bank. That's it. Uh, the, uh, it consists of 8, 9, 10, 12 members. I can't remember. Spread throughout the United States. I think there's two or three in New York. Uh, so there's the one guy is based in New There's two at least based in New York and one for the state of New York, I think. Uh, I can't remember, but there's... A few other Fed um, members throughout the country, and no doubt you've heard people talking about how they speak every now and then. So that's who they are. They're just the uh, uh, the different governors that sit on these boards, and they meet uh, six, uh, eight, ten, twelve, ten times a year. So every six weeks. And so what these uh, the Federal Open Market Committee, I think it is, uh, the FOMC. That's what you'll hear about quite a bit. And these meetings, they don't release the notes of the meetings, that, but they release the minutes of the meetings. And then, of course, Jerome Powell, the, uh, the Fed chair, the current Fed chair, who operates on a, like they operate on a two-year uh, basis, picked by the president. Uh, they, uh, he'll typically have like a little spiel after the meeting, uh, and uh, he'll talk about what are some of the things that they're, they're looking at. And he apparently said, I didn't actually watch the speech. I'm hearing this from <laughs> different sources. So I didn't actually I didn't actually verify this, but it goes hand in hand with there's a, a meeting the other day uh, and all these stocks popped. So that, that's basically what it is. He basically said uh, in March, they are gonna, they're going to start cutting interest rates. So if you have money and you want to lock it up into a high interest rate uh, for savings, uh, today might be a good day or nowadays might be a good what are interest rates? Okay, so when they talk about cutting interest rates, WTF are they talking about? Uh, so interest rates, the best way, like central bank interest rates, the best way that I can explain this is like, if you have a credit card, you borrow money, how much do you get charged on that? 
Typically, it's 24%. For the Fed, it's 5.4%. Okay, so that, that's basically the easiest way. The interest rate that they're talking about is the amount of interest that they're charging on borrowed money. Now, you get more complicated into that, saying that uh, it's, it's the overnight loan rate, it's the open market window, it's the open window market rate, uh, the LIBOR, the London Interbank overnight rate or something like that, like similar to that sort of, uh, the LIBOR is different from the U.S. Fed rate. So those are, those are two different rates, uh, London being based in London, uh, the U.S. Fed being based mostly in New York, but not strictly because again, the Fed is a, a national um, uh, level sort of bank. Uh, so interest rates, when they're talking about increasing or raising or lowering interest rates, that's what they're talking about. The amount of interest that they're charging on borrowed money. Now, you're wondering, well, how does that affect me? Okay, so whenever they raise or lower interest rates, that's going to affect how much your checking account gets uh, interest uh, paid to it, the savings as well. If you have any uh, guaranteed investment coupons like GICs or treasury, uh, treasury bills and stuff like that, um, so it affects savings rates, it affects dividends, uh, and most importantly, I think, um, this, this one you won't feel as much. So what all these companies do is that they take, um, you might, if you want to talk about big bad corporations, these guys, <laughs> if, if the U.S. Fed is talking about the interest rate on the credit card that they're running, the, the corporations, the hedge funds, the companies, uh, big investors, big money guys, they are borrowing obscene amounts of money from everywhere and they are getting charged that interest rate. Okay, so 5.4% or whatever, 3.5%. I'm not sure what it is. The GICs in Canada right now make 5.4% basically. Uh, and th since they are borrowing so much, they're able to buy back stocks. Now, this helps push up the price of the stock, it uh, reduces liquidity. Um, which means that there's not as many stocks available to trade and stuff like that, which increases the value of the stock because that's how market demand works. And uh, so if the interest rates are raised, that means these companies can't borrow as much, which like literally if you put on a spreadsheet, if you want to buy 10,000 stocks at this price and you want to borrow a bunch of money to buy it, what's the interest that you're paying on the amount that you're borrowing? Now increase that interest rate and it'll affect how many stocks you're able to buy. Lower it and it'll also increase, uh, it also affect how many stocks that you're able to buy. As a result, when interest rates go up, they can't borrow as much money, they can't buy back as much stock as they would like to, basically. This is, it's all legal. It's basically, like if you borrowed a bunch, if you loaned a bunch of money to people and you say, okay, or you gave a bunch of coupons, like food coupons. <laughs> There's an app uh, example. If you gave a bunch of food coupons to people, and then you uh, and you sold them for a dollar, and but now you're like, well, I'll buy those back from you because maybe you want the food coupons for yourself, or you're like you want to sort of I don't know, buy them back for some reason. You buy them back, and you'll pay whatever like the uh, the the current owner once so the current owner says oh I'll, I'll sell it to you for a buck fifty this one two bucks whoa really two bucks i'll sell it to you for two bucks how much you got so how many you got so that's sort of what happens is that the companies buy back these stocks now i've uh, mentioned this before i think i've mentioned this before what kind of happens also that i don't think is talked about very much uh only on this podcast is that the like the hedge funds the big money guys and the corporations and the u.s interest people uh, they kind of are all sort of in cahoots. So you're talking about a big conspiracy theory? Yeah, they talk. 
They don't tell everybody everything. They don't tell each other everything, but they talk. As a result, when you see stocks getting beaten up like this, tax loss selling, quote unquote, what I suspect happens is that there is an agreement between the funds who hold stocks on behalf of different pension funds, different investment clubs and stuff like that, uh, whatever investment clubs it, it is, uh, ETFs, they will sell stock and the company will buy that stock back as it's going down because they uh, are wanting to buy back their stock at a lower uh, price so they don't have to pay so much. The funds don't care because they'll buy the stocks back anyway. It's not their money. Whereas the companies, it's kind of their money, even though they're publicly traded. It's not really their money. If I'm losing you, I understand. Basically, hedge funds selling stock, companies buying that same stock shrinks the supply. So when the hedge funds start re-entering into those positions with borrowed money at a higher rate, who they're just using borrowed money from both the U.S. Fed and their customers, their clients, you and me. That's us. Whenever you put money into a, a savings account or a um, like an RSP or a pension, uh, like any pension funds, it's run by not usually a hedge fund, but a fund manager who's putting it into the market, typically. Finally, what is inflation? Uh, so inflation, basically, every year, things cost more money. And the U.S. Fed has a target of like 2% inflation, something like that. So basically, they're saying everything's going to increase in, in price, not value, in price by 2% every year. <laughs> so, and this is kind of odd where people say, oh, things are getting more expensive. There are some things that do not go on sale. Like milk, berry, like you wouldn't want to buy milk on sale typically, although there you can. Um, like cheese, meats, any fresh products. You're, you like if you're buying it on sale, you, it's close to expiry basically. But there's other things, you know, TVs, electronics, things that don't really go out of date too fast. Uh, clothes that they do increase in price over a year, but as we've seen in China, there's always a sale going on. So you don't have to buy retail price. You don't have to buy regular price. You can buy these things at discounts throughout the year. Interest, the inflation is just the cost of that retail rate. Basically, basically, the inflation is the cost or the change in price over time of something. So last year, a t-shirt cost $10. This year, it cost, I guess it's not $12. It's $10.20. I think that's 2% inflation. There you go. So... It's my minuscule, it's minute, but it's enough to sort of, you add it up if you have to buy 10 t-shirts, I mean, you're all of a sudden, oh, another $2. Doesn't sound like much, but multiply that by tens of thousands, put that over to a, a family uh, that has to pay for things, three, four kids, maybe only two kids, put that onto education supplies, which raises the cost of tuition, etc. So you see the knock-on effect and how inflation can affect uh if things cost 2% more every year, sure, that doesn't matter for you buying a t-shirt on sale, but it matters if a school has to buy, you know, uniforms, uh, if they have to buy pens, if they have to replace the whiteboards or the smart boards, uh, redo the, the pavement because people are complaining it's too slippery, things like this, 2% adds up on costs, and so they have to raise tuition, and tuition doesn't mean that that's going to go up by 2%. If the school has to pay 2% across the board for everything, they might raise it for 10% or 10%, yeah, 10% uh, tuition to offset future uh, increases as well. So they can have some money in the bank, put it in the interest rates, and have that sort of cash flow going in 
uh, so they have more than one source of income, not just uh, tuition, but also uh, from savings or from investments as well. All right, there you go. Some books to read. Uh, William J. O'Neill's How to Make Money in Stocks. I can't remember if it's on the third or fourth edition already. Very good book to read. Gerald Loeb, Battle for Investment Survival. Also a very good book. Not so much about trading, but mostly about in uh, like investing in general. And story time. Edward Lefebvre, Reminiscences of a Stock Operator. You probably heard about this. It's about the famous guy, Jesse Livermore, a very famous speculator back in the 1920s, 30s, 40s. He ended up shooting himself uh, when he was 60. Uh, so careful about emulating these guys too much, uh, much like uh, uh, the most re recent famous guy, Jordan Belfort, who just kind of blew up at the end. So he didn't blow up, but I mean, he blew out uh, his account and everything. So um, interesting to see how they did it. It's glitzy. It's glamorous. Uh, some of their strategies are good to emulate or to look at, but uh, to live their lifestyle, this is kind of where you kind of go, is money more important or is it having like a decent life? You know, being happy with what you do and content with what you do. And only you can answer that, sir and ma'am. Only you can answer that. Sync unplugged, thankfully. Uh, so it didn't take too long last night, actually, to unplug it. Um, I do buy this uh, this dredging, this pipeline dredging stuff, but I don't know. It doesn't seem to be working, uh, at least not very well. So we'll see. I mean, I think... Uh, Basically, I think what's going to happen is that once I move out, the landlord is just going to rip everything out, throw it all out, and redo the whole thing, and then charge more rent to whoever moves in after me. Speaking of which, thinking of which, hmm, getting small in this apartment. <laughs> it's just, there's, I'm trying to do a lot. It's still very modular. The problem is that uh, it would be nicer, a lot easier if I had a little bit more room. But anyway, did not feel like making dinner, so uh, I made a salad instead. I actually went to... Uh, uh, the April Gourmet bought some pre-made chicken. I don't really like buying this stuff very often, but I was like, I really do not want to cook today. So, and I was like, well, and I still have to have my deep greens because I do like to have those at least once a day. Uh, so I pre-made chicken for the grocery store. I threw it into a salad of kale, celery, radishes, tomatoes, um, Japanese, or sorry, uh, cashews, goat cheese, cranberries, bell peppers, broccoli and then with the sauces i put in some mustard uh, apple cider vinegar and japanese uh, roast soy sauce oh sesame sauce i think that's what it is roast sesame sauce uh, so that was a very large salad very good i'm not gonna lie it's uh, my my go-to sort of um, uh, what would you call it salad so if i'm if i don't want to make a smoothie that's the salad i use uh, so again it's like a lot of kale but you put them all in, and you got to make sure you have the cashews, and I find also the cheese. Uh, really, really, It could be any cheese. It doesn't have to be. I, I use goat cheese. It was on sale uh, many months ago, and it's, it was still in my fridge, so I had to use it. Uh, you could use feta cheese. You could use plain cheese. That's all good. Uh, you don't have to put cheese on there if you don't want. Parmesan would actually be uh, would be okay as well uh, if, you just, if you didn't want the big chunks of cheese uh, floating around your salads. But uh, overall, very good salad to have. With the uh, the chicken as well i'll put the uh, all this uh, the ingredient list there's no instructions the only instructions rinse the vegetables i don't use starch i should but some people some people say you should some people say you, you don't have to uh especially if you're eating raw fruits and vegetables but uh, uh with raw vegetables you're supposed to soak them in starch for 10 minutes or so it helps pull the the, the whatever gunk out of the skins out of the peels and stuff like that and then you can uh, rinse them after that and starch 
I mean, won't really, it won't cause any problem, digestive problems. So if you eat a little bit, if it's still in your food, if you're going to rinse it again, of course. Uh, but um, if you ingest any starch, it's not, not the end of the world. Midday workout, all about the mace swings. I do like the idea of working out on Tuesday, Thursdays, uh, midday afternoons. It sort of keeps the blood going, uh, keeps the blood flowing and everything, and uh, it helps break up the day as well. So if you haven't done it, this pretty much puts me at five days, six days, working out every day, actually. So Monday, Wednesday, Fridays are the big days, and then Tuesday, Thursdays, possibly even Saturdays, sort of the little days, um, just to uh, keep the, the body moving and make sure I can use this a little bit longer life, right? That's the idea. That's what they promised me. That's what they tell me. But uh, sadly, you're, you're, there's, you're not owed anything. I mean, life will not tell you when you go and life doesn't owe you a thing. It's, it, it is as it is. I was looking at space pictures again. They were talking about the Andromeda galaxy and how it's going to collide with the Milky Way in 4.5 billion years. And I'm going, wow, that's a long time. <laughs> that's a long time away. That doesn't, that doesn't affect me today. But folks, this one does. 50% better. Hope you are better. Hope you are well. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stevensersky.com. And of course, the, the Bandcamp uh, site, uh, Skursky Music, Skursky Music, S-K-R-S-K-I-M-U-Z-I-K.bandcamp.com. That's where I'm posting up all my uh, December, dra- January, December drumming and January tracks. I know I'm talking fast because uh, I want to get it done. But not that I don't enjoy this podcast. It's great. I love doing this podcast. I'm not going to lie. It's every day, Monday to Friday, I post this thing. So, but... Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, Show notes up on my website. Have a good one. We'll do this again. Bye-bye.